This is It's Always Game Day in Cincinnati with Lindsey Patterson and Mike Santagata. We are back on It's Always Game Day in Cincinnati. Thank you so much to Greg Cassell for joining us, talking a little prospects, Joe Burrow. Speaking of Joe Burrow, right before we recorded this, uh, Ian Rappaport said that the Cincinnati Bengals are going to pick up his fifth-year option. That is probably the easiest decision the front office has ever made. And I know fans are kind of questioning, what does that mean? Or the talks with the contract, is it not going well? I, I just think that's the first step. It was an easy one for the Cincinnati Bengals to pull the fifth-year option. But any thoughts on that decision? No, I mean, the Bengals are going to pick that up even if you got extended, right? You pick it up and then you add that money. And then that's some of the money that you're doing for the extension uh, because it's a lower cap hit this year than it probably would be if you didn't do that. So this is just business as usual. Business as usual, and we'll uh, get back to Joe Burrow contract, T Higgins contract extension watch next week because everything is NFL draft right now, a couple days away. By the time you're listening to this, we'll be about 24, 28 hours probably away. It'll be the day before the NFL draft to be determined on who the Cincinnati Bengals are going to pick. We're going to have a little mock round in our third segment, but we'll stay with running backs because why not? It's the topic of conversation this offseason. And Brian Callahan, he was over on the Locked on Bengals podcast, Jake Disco and James repeat really, friends of the show really good interview and a great podcast I'm sure all Bengals fans are listening to it but I actually always enjoy listening to Brian Callahan on with James and and uh Jake because he's really honest in his interviews and too honest well, a lot of people were like Did you <laughs> just say that oh, it sounds like he doesn't you know they're not it happens in season too right like so, I can't remember what it was uh I think it was something that like they had a bad offensive game and he's just like, yeah, man, I, I called some bad plays. <laughs> so I was like, yeah, I, I didn't call the right plays and whatever else. I was just like, man, usually they just kind of go like, Ooh, we didn't execute. <laughs> he's like, ah, more than that. Yeah, no, and I, I can appreciate it with how honest he is to the media. But just a great interview. I highly recommend going and, and listening to that before you get to uh, draft night. But he did mention the running back. And it was in the discussion of complimenting Joe Mixon and, and who would be that best guy, maybe day one, day two. Uh, what did you think about what he had to say and, and where they're at right now? It really starts to feel like it's it's going to be a day two option for them right now. Yeah, I keep thinking Gibbs is in the running um, and that, that I think he could compliment Joe Mixon. They, they still wouldn't have a pass protector, really unless they think one of those two can do it, but it would compliment because he said compliment Mixon as a runner. I know there's been a lot of hype about Mixon as a receiver because he did a ton of good volume last year. And I thought he was legitimate and he is a legitimately good receiver. But what he said on the locked on Bengals show was basically we're looking for a guy that can come in and compliment Joe Mixon, which says two things, right? One Joe Mixon is most likely going to be on the team for this year. So we could stop the cutting talk. Uh, but two is that they're probably not interested in a lot of guys that are great runners. And I don't mean that that would exclude somebody. If you are a great, like if Bijan somehow fell, like that's still probably heavily in consideration. Uh, but it, to me meant they might value receiving and blocking a little bit more than they would have if he didn't say it. it. I at least in my thoughts, if he didn't say this, I wouldn't have thought like that's really being valued that high. Like maybe you just get a guy and that's your Joe Mixon replacement. But it didn't sound like they were like they said 
he said that we're looking for a guy that can be like Joe Mixon. He's they said compliment him. So that knocks off in my mind, it knocks off a few guys. Maybe you think well, it knocks Zach Evans off, even though they've had contact with him because he's one of the worst passing downs backs I, I've watched, in my opinion. I, I don't know, man. He, he just the pass protection isn't there, and then he dropped four passes on eleven targets. He's not used for a reason, but it moves up a guy, which I already thought they were interested in this guy. And this is who I had going in the third round in my predictive mock. We'll get there later. <laughs> Roshan Johnson, who's NFL comp for me is Samaj P. Ryan <laughs> because high level pass protector can catch the ball a little bit big, strong. It could churn out some yards. That's, that sounds like what they want, right? If, if they think that Samaj was a good compliment for Joe, which they tried to sign him again, mm-hmm then why not draft a younger, cheaper variation of the same player? No, I, I like that. And I think, you know, we'll, we'll get a lot of answers, but I agree with you. It really sounds like Joe Mixon is going to be in this running back room come September. We've talked about it plenty on this podcast that that's fine. Honestly, I'm okay with it. You do need another running back. Sorry, Travion Williams. I don't think he is RB2, and, and Brian Callahan was really honest in his interview about finding that running back that that complements Joe Mixon. So I, I think it for me personally, it just feels like a day two situation. Look, at 28, if they decide, look, Gibbs is here and our tight end, our cornerback target are long gone. So maybe they go this route because I think a lot of people, they get nervous about the running back in the first round, not Bijan, but, but more of Gibbs. It's like, Oh, he's kind of a second round day two guy. Well, the next time they're picking is in the sixties. So you got to get him now or or he's going to be gone. And you are picking towards the second round. So I don't really think it's too much of a stretch for the Cincinnati Bengals to take them. I know Peter King did make his mock draft on Monday. And Peter King is one of my favorite NFL writers. He has Luke Musgrave coming to Cincinnati at 28. The people were mad. People were mad. And And I brought it up to you. Would you take Luke or Gibbs? I know two totally different position groups, but at that option, if both are available, And who did you say? I said Luke Musgrave. And now I think these are the same tier of player. And I'm not even a huge proponent of, well, if you've been listening to the show, you've heard me talk about how Bijan will be a slam dunk pick at 28. I'm not fully running back as devalued, never take a running back in the first round. But if I have a guy in the same stratosphere as Gibbs, then why would I take him? And for me, and I know this is a little bit higher on Luke Musgrave than at least Bengals fans seem to be. They're in the same stratosphere. Uh, They both have some issues. I think Luke Musgrave is tricky to project. He played two games this year, but uh, he's fully recovered. He dominated the senior bowl. He dominated the combine. He worked, did all everything at his pro day, including the agilities he didn't do at his combine to complete the profile. He's doing everything. He's basically smashing the draft process other than putting stuff on film. And the two games he did have this year, fantastic stuff. It, it was He was on pace for, I believe, if he only played 10 games, which they play more than 10 games in college, but let's just say he only played 10 games because he got injured, obviously he did, but on pace for like 850 yards in 10 games, that, that's nice. <laughs> that's uh, That would be up there with the best tight ends uh, in the entire draft pool the this entire class so 
I do think there's a lot of reasons you should be high on him. I think he he came in at like 6'6", 250, and I think there's room to grow a little bit into that frame more, which you can't say about maybe a Sam Laporta who's only 6'2", or Dalton Kincaid's like 24, and can he grow anymore? Uh, I don't know. But Luke Musgrave, I think you can. And listening to the athletic football show, everybody's a friend of the show. Yeah, We're all friends. friends. <laughs> yeah. But Nate Tice, friend of the show, said <laughs> uh, one, that he had Luke Musgrave as his third tight end. But two, he talked to the Oregon State, one of their coaches, because he knew him from when he played at Wisconsin. And basically, that coach said, yeah, he could play in line, we think. We didn't put him there all the time because of how important the F position was for us, but we think he could have played there. And I think that too, whenever I watch it, like he's not the best blocker, but I think he can grow a little bit and I think he can grow as a blocker a little bit. So that is a long pitch to sell you a little bit on Luke Musgrave. I'll end it with, uh, I guess, a little bit of a heater. He's the best vertical threat in the class, and he's the fastest tight end in the class. I know uh, Zach Koontz has the 10 RAS score. There's a reason he's going in like the fourth round, guys. It's maybe the third. But uh, Luke Musker is going higher because he's a better vertical threat. I think Dalton Kincaid has a bigger catch radius. Michael Mayer is a do-it-all guy. We know my thoughts on Darnell Washington being a great blocker. But if you want a guy that can really stress defenses vertically and you dream about those – 30-yard bombs, 40-yard bombs to tight ends. That's Luke Musgrave. That's that's more than Dalton Kincaid. Maybe it's smokescreen. But for me personally, listening to Duke, he's not going to say a whole lot. Zach Taylor, we've heard from him the last couple of weeks, and then we heard from him again on Monday, a little draft preview of position groups. Brian Callahan, it just feels like tight end. There is a possibility. And look, I might be going out on a limb here because I went from needing a tight end at 28 to saying, eh, maybe you don't go tight end this year. It feels like tight end's going to be late in the draft. Ooh. It really does. And I could be wrong, and Michael Mayer could be the option, or Dalton Kincaid if he is there. I know a lot of people are high on Dalton Kincaid, but it feels like he's going to be gone in the top 20. Um, Michael Mayer to the Cowboys really seems to be uh, going right now. I heard that was his floor, not just that's where he's going, that 26 is the last spot he can go. Although I heard about Bijan, too. What if Mayer and Bijan are both on the board? Who do they go with? Well, they would go Mayer. <laughs> it won't happen. They go Mayer, right? Yeah. You think so? No, maybe not. Yeah. I don't know. I'd go Bijan. Well, I'm a, I'm a B, you you made me a Bijan person on this podcast. Yeah, and now he's now he's never in the conversation anymore. Well, you you liked him and talked about him before the hype was real in the national media. Because- <laughs> well, it always should have been. <laughs> it was just like value of a running back is the only thing driving it down. It's like, hey, this guy's almost perfect. Yeah, but running back. Well, here's the thing. He's a running back. Well, I told you before, Jay Morrison, a friend of the show, um, he, said, he said on his podcast, he was talking about the, the picks from the last like 20 years at 28, and none of them were all pros. They never really turned out. And I was like, hmm, hmm, maybe I want the Cincinnati Bengals to go to, to maybe go backwards, go 29 and 30, or maybe they move up a couple spots. Uh, I don't want them picking at 28 just because of past history. But yeah, I'm kind of leaning towards they don't go tight end early in this draft. And it feels 
defensive heavy. And I know we're going to get to the mock and the tears and all of that in our next segment, but it just, I don't know, just listening to some of the interviews, it could be smokescreen. We're going to hear from a lot of sources, reports, front office members of all of the teams, and they're going to say certain things leading up to the draft and feel different. I mean, you could say the same thing about the quarterback situation and who's going to take what quarterback CJ Stroud is moving up and down. Some days he's top five and then the other days he's not. Um, it, it's really just going to be wait until you get to Thursday and we'll find out what all these uh, front offices are thinking. But maybe I'm overthinking it. It just kind of feels like they're they're moving out of that position group and it's not something that they really utilize a lot with this offense. Man, I disagree. But I don't think it's in round one. I I, I just think Mayor and Kincaid are both gone and they don't, they're not good. I don't think they're good. I don't think they're in on Washington at 28 and I don't, think that they're in on Musgrave at 28. So that kind of kills the position. I know some people floated the Sam Laporta at 28 idea, and that feels like a a reach. (laughs) We'll just say that much uh, where a lot of, you know, there's a lot of predictions of him going at like 60. And uh, so I think it'll happen on day two, but we'll see who's right. You listen to all those things much more than me. And I've not done a great job of listening to, press conferences and stuff so i believe that you are able to read those tea leaves i just didn't hear them myself so i think that they go tight end round two i say that and then they'll go tight end at 28 so we'll we'll see what happens but it really for me personally it just kind of feels cornerback but We've said it plenty of times. It's not breaking news. They're going to go best player available. Um, they have the luxury of doing that. If a wide receiver they felt, which I don't think uh, there's this wide receiver group, we've mentioned it before. It's not the Justin Jefferson, Jamar Chase type of wide receiver in the first round. It would be pretty easy, and they go in the top 10, top five. Uh, but if somebody that they liked in the wide receiver room dropped – early and first or second round, I could see them going wide receiver. Um, you know, it, it's a smart decision if it, if it goes with this offense and maybe it's the future of the slot receiver and Tyler Boyd's replacement. Um, I, I, I'm looking forward to that. It's kind of nice to watch an NFL draft where they don't have a lot of needs. Look, they need depth in some positions. Um, I'm kind of more on the go cornerback route because I do think of late in the season, those stretch runs, who's going to help this team in the playoffs? Who's going to help this team in December when you start to battle injuries? Um, that's kind of the biggest key in, in the secondary. So I'm still going, I'm still going cornerback right now, but could be wrong. Uh, I think you're right on that. And I am a little bit surprised if that thing was true about the Vegas odds for the Bengals pick where there wasn't a single corner listed. I was like, take the field, take the field. Oh, no. no, no, no. Plus 350 for the field. Take it, slam it. And, and I, cause I, I know we heard Greg Cosell actually talk about Emmanuel Forbes. Um, I was told by an NFL insider. He's not from Cincinnati. He sent me a DM and he said, Hey, I want to let you know, Emmanuel Forbes, the Bengals have a very high grade on Emmanuel Forbes. That isn't breaking news either. Because when Dave Lapham starts talking about the prospect, you know, he's an insider. He knows what's going on with the Bengals front office and Forbes is really high on his list. And, and I just don't think Forbes is going to be there. I think Forbes is going to go to the Ravens. Ooh, they need a Marcus Peters replacement. Yeah, he feels the same style of player. An AFC North team, he'll get picked up right before Cincinnati picks. It'll be in the 20s. And I would say throw a screen at Jamar Chase the entire game. It's just like, let's see if the 160-pound guy can tackle the 200-pound bull. Oh uh, well, 
I could be wrong. I mean, like, maybe you try it once and it gets picked off or something. You're like, well, we're not doing that one again. <laughs> Probably don't want to put too many of the same plays on on, on the on film uh, in a row against him. He is the type that uh, great, great recognition and, you know, like, oh, you're running this again. Uh, I'm going to jump that. Never so forget. Maybe, maybe first play of the game. Maybe just first play of the game. Just toss one out there. Let's just see if you can tackle him. That's what I would do. I don't know. Maybe I'm, maybe I'm wrong. I, I, he's just 160 pounds. I just... I can't get it. It feels like if you took a, an average fan and were like, all right, but you gave him super athleticism and ball skills and all this other stuff, but just the size of an average fan, like, you know, those brain swap movies, No. <laughs> you know, like, uh, okay, well maybe listeners know, but um, uh, uh, the, there was one with Lindsay Lohan and um, oh, I can't remember the name. I'm sorry. Freaky Friday. Freaky Friday. Thank you. It was a, it was, Forbes to me feels a little bit like Freaky Friday with a fan <laughs> where it's like a supreme athlete in the fan's body <laughs> trying to make it happen. I'm like, well, let's see if we can tackle. I don't know. <laughs> if, if they draft Emmanuel Forbes and he gets an interception or a pick six, I will only use Freaky Friday gifts. Freaky Friday. <laughs> and only listeners of the show. I like how quick it went from, you know, those brain switching movies. You're like, like no, I don't know I what you're no talking idea. about. The one with Lindsay Lohan, Freaky Friday. <laughs> I'm, nobody will understand it. They'll be like, what does this even have to do with Emmanuel <laughs> Forbes? And they're all using those Forbes list nicknames. No, 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 no. We will go Freaky, Freaky Friday. Friday. If Emmanuel Forbes is there, but the hype feels real. But we don't know a thing. We won't know a thing until draft night. It should be really exciting. But when I get to the tour, the tiers and, and the final mock before Thursday night's NFL draft, when the Cincinnati Bengals will pick 28 next on It's Always Game Day in Cincinnati.